Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It is time to grab your cup of coffee or tea or your water, sit back. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I just knew you were going to do that, Tam. And let's chat about what is coming up for next month. And of course, sitting on my right side this morning is Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac. She comes with me once a month, the beginning of the month or at the very end of the month as, it's, as it is this month uh, to talk about astro inkling. What do we need to know about what's coming up? And I would also like to welcome the audience of Angel Heart Radio this morning, joining us from Australia and streaming live to that channel, mostly because I won't be able to be with Angel Heart Radio this month. And I'd also like to welcome Tam's listeners, as this is also streaming live to Tam's YouTube channel. Welcome, yes. Tam. I Welcome, everybody first. from all over the world. It's so exciting. It is. Technology is just amazing Technology, when it works right. Right inside right? of a Mercury retrograde. Wow. Exactly. And it worked, right? Thank you to StreamYard and their help people yes. because they're very responsive. And when we were having trouble getting it all linked up, they were there. Johnny's on the spot, helped us get it set up. And Tam, of course, her indomitable spirit <laughs> when it comes to getting things done, even when the doorbell's ringing or knocking and dogs are barking and I got to text my dad. <laughs> when you think about it, Tam, think of how much we've accomplished in the last nine, 10 minutes. Oh my God, when you say it like that, all of that actually happened. And it you're did. right, we handled all of it together. That's amazing. We did, we did indeed. Uh, okay, so let's say good morning. People are already checking in. Debbie Tippett's two meal, hello. She says, hit that like button. I always yes. forget to do this. So thank you to my audience for reminding me. If you are watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. If you are watching us on a Facebook page, then what you can do is hit the like button and then hit share and share it with yes. your people's, your friends, your family that would be interested in astrology. And from Angel Heart Radio, hello, beautiful people. Thanks for joining us. We are delighted you've chosen to be here with us on Angel Heart Radio and on Earth as part of the delegation of light workers ushering in the golden age. Wow. You are awesome. Love, Anea. Oh. Anea Joy Holili, who is the uh, owner of uh, creator of Angel Heart Radio. Good morning to Pam Zaruba. Good morning to Joan Durchie. Uh Joan says, my son is at 12 degrees 58 in Taurus and sitting on Mercury retrograde, staying quiet and observing. Always a good thing, right? Nargess, good morning to you. J-Lo, hello. Christine Buckingham, hello. Gayla Seeger, good morning to you. And anybody else who's listening behind the scenes, we also want to wish you a good morning. So Tam, I am bad. I did not pull out my energy almanac this morning to look at the keywords. So share with us what your keywords are for May. Hold on a second. I hear myself. Yeah, you did because I always I only can see chats if I pull up my phone at the same time as we do this. So that's all good to go. Yeah. Um, here's the energy almanac for those who are um, from the new group in Australia. Want everybody to see this and know that this is available across the pond. Um, I have a distributor who's in the UK and has access to getting this into Australia and New Zealand and that area of the world. So awesome. the almanac is your resource for weekly astrology and Janet's human design weekly gift and shadow articles, which I think are probably the most powerful part of our book. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you got it. So I see it says compassion runs high. Compassion runs high. And I will be dead honest and tell you, I don't know why I wrote that at the time that I wrote that. I wrote this, what, 12 months ago or more. Easily. Um, but we'll probably uncover why I wrote that as we um, dig into this month. It'll probably be triggered again. I'll go, oh, yeah, that's probably why I said that. <laughs> Well, no accounting for intuition, right? When we have that that mood that totally. strikes, like right now, I'm I'm thinking too, compassion. What was that? Maybe a Neptune transit or something mm -hmm. to that effect. But when I was looking at May, I'm thinking this is a turning point month. Yes. And uh, in in that turning point is change, and we've yeah. been flirting with change, right? All that April 
uh, and even the late March uh, Aries energy flirting with this idea of a new beginning and getting ourselves out there. But now we're at that point where we have to transition to it. We don't get to just sit back on our laurels and our ideas and, you know, think about what we want to do. We're actually going to have to take some action. And that I think is kind of exciting. Boots on the ground, I like to say. Right, 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 right. And we start off right away in May, on May 1st, with Pluto turning retrograde. Yeah. Right. right away, right? The, you know, we already have had now Mercury in retrograde, our first retrograde of 2023. Right. Now we have Pluto and like dominoes, one after another, the outer planets will begin to fall into yep. retrograde status. But that is common, right? Most of the yep. outer planets spend four to five months in retrograde. So it's not Every like, a, year. yeah, it's not like Mercury's threefer that we have. Or right, sometimes right, right. four. <laughs> it's it's something that we're more uh, akin to. We we have a better affinity for those planets when they're in retrograde, but we still sort of have to internalize and then bring up and out the energies of those planets. So Pluto, newly in uh, Aquarius, just a month ago, less than yeah, a month ago, March twenty third. And now heading backward to Capricorn. So we're not mm -hmm. quite finished with those Pluto lessons. Um, and now in retrograde, we're going to have to deal with them. We are. And and here's the thing, everyone. Um, do your work. <laughs> Ask the questions. <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like too many people just fluff over the, the retrogrades and don't really actually take the time to go in and ask the questions. What are you noticing with Pluto and Aquarius and group energy and, and where are the changes that we need to make? Like I'm really all about planning. And to me, it's like block some time, take one hour during, you know, one, maybe one a week or one a month, like during the retrograde and ask the questions. And then you get to course correct because retrogrades are that chance to assimilate information and course correct boots on the ground. Definitely, definitely. And that same day as Pluto turns retrograde, Mercury and the sun form a conjunction. So that tells us it's the halfway point of the retrograde itself. Mm -hmm. And that gives us a time to really tap into what are the new messages that are being delivered to us via Mercury and the conjunction to the sun. Right. So it's always an interesting time when you see like stacked things <laughs> going on, right? If there's multiple layers of things that are occurring for us. Mm -hmm. So now next after that will be May 4th. May the 4th be with May you. May the 4th be with you. And wait, Joan Durchy, that's her birthday. Yeah, uh, that is the birthday of the Energy Almanac. Is it really? May, May 4th. May 4th oh my gosh, that's also my granddaughter's birthday. It's a great day apparently. It's a great day in the cosmos. It's a great day in the cosmos, and it happens to be a fairly busy day with Venus in a square to Neptune mm -hmm. and Venus also in a sextile to Jupiter. So it's a Venus kind of day. A very Venus day. A very Venus day. And it's it's in a it's in black on my map, which means oh. it's not necessarily good and it's not necessarily trying. Um, even a square from Venus to another planet, especially one like Neptune, can be sort of it could it has a high side right? Mm -hmm. That, I mean, everything has a high and a low, but this can be a really good time to kind of maneuver into unconditional love, mm. um, non-judgment, uh, being mm -hmm. more spiritual, um, actually walking your talk, walking your spiritual talk. That, that's what I was thinking about. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a good prelude because the next day is the lunar eclipse. Here we go. Yeah. What do you think about the lunar eclipse, Tam? Oh, you know, for me, I'm looking at what might be revealed or uncovered under the eclipse being it's in Scorpio and, um, you know, really about the mystery and all that. And I do feel like, you know, societally, we are fighting to uncover stuff right now. Um, so much is being revealed. And I wonder if there's a bigger reveal yet to come once the eclipse sort of occurs. Yeah, quite possible. And you're right. I just happened to think like even just what one or two it was probably two weeks ago when some, you know, important uh, covered energy pictures, whatever, whatever the information was that came out about America's spying. 
yeah. was re- was revealed. Right. And I, I, I didn't follow it at that time. So I'm not sure exactly all that was revealed. But, you know, maybe that's a prelude. You're right to the eclipse energy. And Scorpio is kind of tricky here. Right. You know, um, it's at 1458 yep. of yep. Scorpio. So almost to 15 degrees which means that those of you out there listening who have planets between 10 and 20 degrees of the fixed signs, our fixed signs are Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius. So if you have planets in those signs between 10 and 20 degrees, you're going to get impacted by this eclipse, right? It's going to send sparks around the chart and cause you to have some kind of revelation perhaps Mm. or to complete something or let something go that is no longer useful to you. Right. And and when we're, when the moon is in Scorpio, there's a lot of, I want to say prophecy or prophetic info that can come up to the surface Mm. because there's distinctly future oriented energy at that degree, right? If we look at the Sabian symbol for the degree Mm -hmm. that the moon will be in, it's all about children playing around five mounds of sand. That's the, the, the name of that degree, but it really points us to the higher creative mind Mm. and the need for us to have future oriented growth. So if we're trying to herald things back to the past, or we're trying to hang on to things that are no longer useful, mm-hmm. the eclipse comes along and sort of makes it so that we have to release it so that mm-hmm. we can move forward. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting part of this particular degree. Um, we got to look at the sun at the other end because the yep. sun is also a part of the solar eclipse, or I mean the <laughs> lunar eclipse, it's the full mm-hmm. moon. Uh, and the sun is, here's the degree. Now, I'll be interested to see what you think about this, these words. Head covered with a rakish silk hat, muffled against the cold, a man braves a storm. Oh, I don't know. Gee, those Sabian symbols. So how do you just. You popped out. You went to another dimension. I sure did. Because I didn't get it. I didn't understand that messaging about the Sabian symbol. So how do yeah. you decode that? Well, of course, you know, in if you read the Sabian symbol and underneath it, he goes into an explanation about what it means. But it was it kind of boils down to having the courage to meet whatever crises or changes or transformations are afoot in your life and actually then taking the next steps. So it makes perfect sense to me, right? That, you know, having, even if you're having to brace yourself against the cold, uh, against the change, Mm -hmm. it's a transition time. It's a transition to a new level that kind of demonstrates your evolving consciousness. And in a way, it's about how we've built our character through all of these crises that we have Mm. been through in the last several years. I mean, the first one I think of is COVID. How did we weather that two-year, three-year storm um, where so many things were out of our control and Mm -hmm. so many things were changing? Yikes, right? Yikes, yeah. (laughs) Right? For sure. Yeah. So building our character through the adverse things that we have had to move through, and that's both personally but societally. So, And this is just all inside of the degree that it's sitting at. Just the degree. Wow, that doesn't even account for it, the sun being in Taurus. I mean, and the Taurus energy or part of that. Yeah, but we could look at it like that. We could say, okay, the moon in Scorpio is possibly leading us to the emotional baggage that we're holding on to that isn't serving us. Yes. Right. And and the releasing of that baggage, whether it is emotional grievance around, um, you know, your relationships or is it something about, Uh, holding on to old thinking patterns, whatever it is, it's time to release what no longer suits. But the sun in Taurus also wants us to keep our lives simple, Mm -hmm. go back to the basics, right? You know, be in nature, be in the senses, like, what are you sensing? Mm -hmm. Um, So it it, to me, it's a pretty interesting place to have the eclipse. And when you look, I'm going to show the chart, you guys, but I wrote all over it, so it might be hard to see. But I want you to look at 
the part that's highlighted up at the top is Taurus, right? So this is where the sun is. And here we have the midheaven of the chart, but we also have Uranus, the sun, Mercury, and the north node. Wow. And then down here, our lone little moon holding mm. the tension for all wow. of that Taurus energy. Wow. So it's an interesting thing to look at. It right? Is. What is the it tension? Is. And there's this, the stellium in, in Taurus at that time. Mm -hmm. So even though they're not all right at 14 or 15 degrees, the stellium brings the power to Taurus mm -hmm. right. and the moon changing our emotional field in reaction, in response. I like response better to mm -hmm. the changing circumstances in our lives. So it's a big one. It is a big one. It mm -hmm. is a big one. Tell me about the word penumbral. Good God, that's an astronomical term. It is? So what's the yeah. point? Why do we label? Why do we label this moon with that? I think because it tells us the character of the eclipse from the astronomical point of view. Uh, like oh. I have it down as an annular lunar eclipse, which means that the sun isn't completely covered by the moon, right? Then okay. we see sort of the ring of the sun around it. Uh, penumbral, I think, happens when it's a partial lunar eclipse where it's not okay. completely, it's like, you know, a bite taken out of the sun or a bite, you know, uh, that we see from our point of view. Of course, you okay. should never be looking at the sun right. <laughs> without right. pro proper eye coverage. Um, and what's the other one? A, a full, uh, there's annular, there's penumbral, total, total eclipses are when everything is covered and all you right. see is the sun's corona, right? Uh, which is a spectacular um, view for sure. Uh, so it, 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 as an astrological point, though, it doesn't make much difference. An eclipse, okay. is, an eclipse is an eclipse, Yep. right? Perfect. And even a partial eclipse, if it's happening in your <clears throat> in your chart, like if it's activating something in your chart, is still going to show you I think a partial eclipse sometimes helps you see what both bodies are trying to teach you, oh, right? the sun and the moon. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Where one or the other, whether it's total solar eclipse or a to uh, an, uh, an annular lunar eclipse kind of gives you like one's blocking out the light of the sun so that you can be more inward, inward. and more focused in introverted wise. And the other gives you access to more of the sun's energy, which means that you're actually being able to see the path ahead from mm. the standpoint of personality. Mm. So that's just a little bit how they work. Now, I was really interested in this, too, from the point of view of human design. Okay. Right? In human design, the sun and the earth and the moon are going to be at, diff at gates yeah. that are so fascinating. Gates Ooh. one and gates two. So implied is already a new beginning and taking the next steps. The sun is at the gate two. The gate two is the most yin gate, meaning it's the most feminine of the energies. It's the, it's called the gate of allowing. And to me, this is so fascinating that that puts it in Taurus because Taurus needs to learn to allow, right? Yes. To allow, right? To um, not get stuck, you know, not get in that rut to allow the changes to happen gracefully and with ease, right? Not mm -hmm. like eh, trying to hold on to everything that's there. The earth and the moon are in a conjunction during a, a, this okay. eclipse, right? Which would always be the case at a full moon. The earth mm -hmm. and the moon are the ones that are in a, in a conjunction at gate one, the most young gate, the oh. most pushing outward gate. So here's where we get this feeling of, having to allow the changes and the transitions to take place, but moving forward consciously with whatever it is that is our life purpose, mm. right? Whatever it is that we are here to do, mm. you know, stop pussyfooting around and doing what everybody else wants you to do and do what you want to do. It seems to be the underlying message so mm. that we can move forward. It's kind of cool. Very cool. I would like um, us to say to the audience, you know, everybody want, how does this apply to me? Everybody should look at their chart and look for, I want to make, make sure we get it right, 14 degrees of Scorpio. Right, 1458. If you see the, the 58, fine. If not, don't even worry about it. Just go with 14. Right. And uh, that's the area of the chart 
where things are happening. So, so in your look at the house. Which house do you find 14 degrees of Scorpio? And Google is your friend. Look it up. House number five equals, and you'll understand which area of your life is going to change. That's your work. That's your homework. Look at that. Find out how, <laughs> how this is applicable to you. Don't let it be all willy-nilly. Like the not applied knowledge is power. So apply this knowledge and find out what is going to shift for you. Absolutely. Now, if this chart were a person, right, if this were a person, the moon would be in the fourth house, which means things around family or the traditions that you hold or the roots or foundation that you've laid are likely going to be challenged in some way to change. Maybe you have to make it stronger or maybe you have too much boundary, you know, going on and you're you're not willing to, you know, go beyond. And the sun would be in the opposite house, the 10th house, which would put the focus on your worldly self. What do I do mm. in the world? How am I seen by the world um, in my authority and my authenticity, right? And then also a career or professional focus would come into play here. So having to balance the work and home kind of, of issues. And that's that would be if this were a person, right? You can't really use the houses for, you know, general terms, but that would be a person kind of thing. Do you pity those of us who have Scorpio in the 12th house? No, I don't. I think that is <laughs> fabulous, really, because, well, you know, I, I would think for that person who, younger, like if you were younger, there might have been some, you know, kind of self-sabotaging things that you were working through or unconsciousness that was coming up. But I think as you get older and you start that process of Scorpio moving from the scorpion to the eagle and then yeah. upward to the phoenix, that life really becomes, you know, more, um, you, you, you enjoy change more, right? Or, or you become more deliberate in or the way that you change. Comfortable in it. Yeah. I think yeah. I know three, three or four people with Scorpio in the 12th house. I was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that can be tough, right? But then, you know, if you're looking at Scorpio in the 12th house, um, you've got Pluto and Mars that you also have to contend with. Mm. And where they are in the chart would also imply what changes are occurring or where are you, um, you know, having to contend with things that are buried? Mm. <laughs> What's coming up to the surface? Where do mm. I self-sabotage? Bunches of stuff there. The 12th house it can be a scary place, but, you know, I have my son in the 12th house, not in Scorpio, of course, but uh, so I'm used to kind of uncovering mysteries. And I think mm. Scorpio on that 12th house kind of loves to do that. I think you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would find somebody like that who could be a really good counselor or coach, mm -hmm. uh, helping others to excavate the things that are buried in their subconsciouses or unconscious mm -hmm. minds, too. So I think that fits you. I think it does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with the full moon uh, lunar eclipse? No, uh, it's kind of interesting. We labeled it in the energy almanac embracing mystery. Ah, yes. It's yeah. perfect, right? Yeah. Embracing yeah. mystery. You know, embracing mystery kind of also implies that, you know, you sometimes have to take that next step without knowing whether or not you're falling off the cliff. Absolutely. So. Yep. There we go. Uh, let's see. So J-Lo says, my dad was 12th house Scorpio and in human design, he was a self-projected projector. Learning all of this is amazing. And a self-projected projector would be somebody that is likely seeing themselves through others, but also hearing themselves answering questions that they may be asking or mm -hmm. dealing with the things that coming up from the unconscious mind and using that as a tell for what direction to go. Mm. So just to help people understand a little bit more about human design. Narges says Neptune at 14 degrees Scorpio in the 11th house. Now the 11th house is more about networking and friendships and the right. people that are in those networks with you. But guess what else the 11th house can be? It could be about the earnings from the work that you're doing. Oh, I've never heard that, Janet. Oh, yeah. help me understand. So, all right. This goes back to when we are counting houses. So if you have an 11th house thing happening, the 11th house is the second house from the 10th. 
right? Because we always count the house. So we count the 10th house as one, the 11th house is two. So it would be second house or second would always be about money earned, right? Mm -hmm. So money earned from the work you do in the world can often be shown by what is happening in that 11th house. An eclipse here might mean that you're changing how you earn money. Um, it might be an, a change in the amount up or down, depending on, you know, how your life is going. So it, it's about counting the houses and mm. where certain things show up in the houses. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It goes deeper into astrology, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't want to get too much because that can get very confusing very quickly. But just know that that 11th house um, for you, Narges, might be about the money you're earning from the job, the work that you do in the world, your career or profession. It could be about networks or friends. It can also be humanitarian in nature. What, you know, right. what am I, how am I helping the world? That kind sure. of thing. So, all right. Jeez, I'm Janet. We got the rest of the month to get through. We haven't even hit uh, May 8th when <laughs> Venus goes into Cancer. <laughs> right. Venus into Cancer. Um, there is something smack dab in the middle of that from a human design standpoint on Saturday. I mean, yeah, it is Saturday, uh, the 6th of May. Saturn is changing gates. Right now, he's been sitting at the gate of abundance. Mm. He's been teaching us about where we've been too constricted or where we've been too free uh, with our you know, spending and helping us to realize that spirit is the source of abundance. It's not what we do. It's not how much we work. It's not how much we spend or how much we buy. It's about the faith we have that we're always taken care of. He will be moving to the gate 37. Now the focus becomes on creating peace. Mm. That'll be interesting to see how Saturn is going to play that out in the world. Wow. Yeah. I love it. And then Venus moves into Cancer. And... Venus and Cancer. Tell us about that. Well, Venus and Cancer, like I'm thinking super high emotions, um, lots of snuggly, snuggly. I feel like um, like emotions run high and passion runs high. And um, that nurturing family relationships is going to be, um, well, that's what's going to be abundant. That's, you know, we'll have this need to take care of each other, I think. Yeah. Feed, clothe, cook. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, my Nurture. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, Venus in Cancer reminds me of the great mother. Yes, the great mother. Yeah. Um, in my work, like I teach basic, basic, basic astrology and I use the characters, right? So Venus is Marilyn Monroe. Oh, good. And Cancer is the, the costume. The outfit is a fluffy bathrobe with little bunny rabbit slippers and a box of tissue, right? <laughs> It's oh, home, it. it's nurturing, it's comfort, it's high emotion. Put Marilyn Monroe in a fluffy bathrobe and bunny slippers, right? Mm -hmm. She's staying home, taking care of the family. That's her new job. Um, I love it. <laughs> that, that's how I help people to understand. It really works for my for my people who are like just want to dip their toe in astrology. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. I like that. I probably would have dressed her in Betty Crocker gear and put her Betty in the kitchen Crocker with works. a rolling pin in her hand or something. Yep. And she's feeding this horde of people in her house. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So any of those work. Yep. Um, but remember, too, that Venus in Cancer is going to be somewhat protective. Yes. Of protective. The people in her life and sometimes yep. take on the responsibility that isn't correct for her or mm. him. Right. It's a her him. It could be anyone. Uh, so we'll have to watch for that, right? Where mm -hmm. we smother mothering rather than yes. just taking care of uh, in a nurturing sort of way. And she, I think she is actually in, uh, yep, she's in cancer the whole rest of the month. Yes. She must change early the following month uh, into the next sign. So she'll be in, oh, that's right, in June, she enters Leo. Leo. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can't <laughs> wait for the next month to talk about that. Um <laughs> Now, on the ninth, the sun is in a conjunction to Uranus, 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 yes. however you want to name it. What a day for inspiration and creativity. Right. God, yes. I love it. Now, get this. That the very same day, Uranus changes gates. For Now, he doesn't oh. change gates in human design as often because he's a further out planet. Okay. He's been sitting at the gate, too, with, with the sun at the uh, eclipse in 
teaching us about opening up and allowing, being mm. receptive, right? Being open. And now he's changing to the gate 23, which now says, all right, assimilate everything that you've learned. Ooh. Let it all settle through, right? We've Ooh. been on a high energy of change and just, yes. you know, stuff happening. Now that, let it simmer in. You're saying that it's going to happen on the 9th. On the 9th, Uranus moves into I'm 23. I'm highlighting that day. That's really interesting to me. I, I love the idea. Of, so that, how long will it be in that gate, do you think? Um, here, I'll tell you. All right. Not all that long. I think he does move back fairly quickly. Uh, let's see. Uranus is at 23 through June. Okay, through June. So, so through, this no, here's... through July. I'm, I'm still, I'm turning pages and through August and all through September mm. and all through October. Wow. And all through November. Does he end the year here? He does. So, for the rest of the year, we're at okay. 23. So now, we'll, we'll have to talk deeper about that because it's huge. Oh, okay. So let, we can do that. I'll try to reserve questions around that topic if you and I were to have a discussion online. that That's fascinating to me. In light, so I, I'll ask one basic question about that. Uranus is currently in Taurus and has been. Does this mean we are assimilating information relative to changes around money, value system, self-worth? All Taurus items. Yes All no. Taurus items, right? Now, yeah. the 23 sits on the throat center in our human design. So it's often a place where we have to be able to put language to what it is that's changing. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we can't put words to it right away. And there, there is the, that, that's the problem in the gate 23, if there's a problem, is that we end up either being able to put the voice and the words to what it is that we are seeing as an inspiration, let's say, because the opposite gate is the 43, which brings us insight and aha moments. And when we can bring it into words, then it's the right timing to be able to send out a message or to be able to speak to whatever it is you're talking about. <laughs> Excuse me, if you're having trouble putting the words to something, then it is a kind of a clue that it's not the right timing, it's not the right audience, right. or it's not the right message. Yeah. So, you, and there's so much more to that with the planet Uranus, because remember, Uranus likes to be freeing us up from something. Right. I want, I don't know if the top of my head, if you can still see it, but my mind is blown. Um, <laughs> I like I'm connecting a whole bunch of dots right now that that was fascinating information and I think that's worthy of another like podcast on its own. I think so too. In fact, I would have brought it up probably in one of my broadcasts anyway, um, to focus on that shift to 23. Uh, because, you know, Uranus has been sitting at two for quite a while. So we've been really having to learn about being willing to be open and to allowing things to, um, to, to guide us, right? To allowing our intuition to guide us, allowing our wants and desires to guide us. Uh, and now we've got to put it to work. The throat is the energy of communication, but also manifestation when we are in human design. Wow. Yeah. Should be a fun day. Pig well, stuff. a fun next several months. Yes, a fun, <laughs> a fun period of time. <laughs> yeah, and because the sun is also conjunct Uranus that day, I think it's a great day for creativity, for yeah. being inspired to take on a new direction, to change your voice, perhaps, you know, the voice meaning like, what is the messaging I'm putting out? So lots of opportunities here. Um, and that will be different for people based on, of course, Taurus in their chart, but also how their human design is set up, which is a deeper conversation again. Right. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I highlighted, whoops, wait, wait, I wrote your notes in between. Uh, well, uh, the 10th, I had Mercury uh, sextile Saturn, but really like, because I know we're running out of time and there's like a lot to talk about mid-month. <laughs> um, 12th and 13th Mercury sextile Venus for a couple of days. Yep. We, uh, we have, I don't know which of these you want to grab the 14th Jupiter square Pluto, Jupiter, um, Jupiter moving into Taurus. Wait, 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 wait. You skipped Mercury direct. 
Uh, yes, I did. Well, that's that is that's on the 14th, Mother's that, Day. Yeah, the 14th, which is when Jupiter. So there, there's a lot going on, like for the rest of the month. So I don't know what we want to talk about. Well, Mercury direct, that's a pinpoint. Like you can put this on okay. your calendar on the 14th. Mercury yep. moves out of retrograde and into direct. Now he does not clear the shadow zone until May 31st. So we right. have the wobbly period from the 14th of May to the 31st of May. But Mercury direct signals the time where whatever's been shifting on the internal with our minds or with what our messaging is or any Taurus issues around finances and things like that um, will be apparent. Now, I'm thinking that is going to impact our economy. Oh, yes. So I'm not oh, sure yes. if that is a good impact or are we going to, you know, not be very happy about it. But it does signal some kind of transition zone uh of that followed the next day by mars in a trying to neptune so oh, yeah it it feels to me hmm that kind of feels to me like it's not so much about the finances or the economy it's going to be about a shifting spiritual reality like mm. mars and neptune really does call up you know it catalyzes the energy of spirit mm -hmm. not religion but spirit, spirituality in, mm -hmm. in, in the bigger term, right? How yep. we how we see ourselves in, in the in the bigger, wider world. And it can sometimes, you know, be a place where <laughs> what if we've been deceiving ourselves for the whole time Mercury was in retrograde sure. about something? And now, boom, our eyes are wide open, right? So transparency. Oh. Fascinating. Yes. Yes to all of that, but I'm stuck on. I'm stuck on tying it back to what you just talked about with Uranus moving into gate 23 because let's see uh, what were you talking about? Mercury retrograde in Taurus value messenger systems, resources, Taurus, you know, being in Taurus Uranus in Taurus now gate 23, like assimilating information from changes that happen during retrograde or realizations that happen during the retrograde. Like, I'm like, boom, this is such a big <laughs> time period, I think. It's a big day. It's a big time period. And this is why I think Mar uh, uh, May is this transition month, right? Where it is. It, it, it it's totally really is. the pivot where, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, and I should have had a V8. And right? what's going on in the economy, too. Yeah. Just, I, mean, I just read yesterday about a couple of major banks that failed and the Fed is going to take them over. Like the economy is is on a wobble in a really, really big way. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to be so fascinating to watch how this plays out. And then you have people in the background, um, you know, people not necessarily from this country saying that we're due for another world war. I read right. that article and I, oh, right. I mean, it just gave me shivers because, yes. you know, it's not long before Uranus moves into Gemini. And every time Uranus goes into Gemini, we have some kind of conflict, whether it was the American Revolution, the Civil War, World War II, yowza. And it all begins with some trigger point at the end of Taurus. That is fascinating, but isn't that for a couple years away? Uranus it's still a couple years away, yeah, yeah. but when you start to hear people talking that way, you know, what we speak to is what we freaking create. Absolutely. So well, I want to Taurus. erase his words and say, don't <laughs> cancel, cancel, even. cancel. <laughs> right? Um, so it's going to be up to all of us. Here's the big lesson I think that we've learned or are learning with this Taurus energy is that we're the creators. Yes. We're the manifestors. So if we're putting power behind words, assimilation, remember, is about words and on the throat center. So whatever we're putting into words, not just thoughts, thoughts don't, I mean, thoughts are the precursor to creation. It's the words that you say that are the ones that create. So what are we saying, right? Are we going to start talking about World War Three or no, I don't think we want to do that. I think we want to be talking about how can we create peace, Saturn? At the gate of peace. Yes, Saturn at the gate of peace. You're you're right on. And I'm just reminded it's in the Bible that we speak into reality. We do. God said, God let said. there be light and there was. Let right. There be That's light this, and there was. Oh, yeah. that brings tears to my eyes. Wow. Yeah. It really that. puts us right in the in the in the driver's seat of creation. Yes. So what do we want to create? Well, I want to create peace. Me too. I want to create a way for us to solve our problems without going to war. 
right. or going into this ugly, you know, thing. We need to start looking at Uranus and Gemini and what is the, what are the positive aspects that can occur and how can we break the chain of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it, it comes right down to communication, right? Ah. Gemini it's communication yes, right, and the right. mind changing minds. What if we all just said, you know what? War is old. It's a thing of the past. Right. What, what, how, how could we solve our problems? Now, of course, the planet itself is always in duality. So we are always going to have those crazy loud voices of, you know, that are angry or upset or, you know, want their way versus, you know, what the mainstream is. And when I say mainstream, I'm not talking about that politically. I'm saying the bulk yeah. of the planet, you know, right. Uh, right. of the energies. But how can we create a better place how can we choose, right? Choosing is the thing. We have to choose it. Oh, amazing. Wow. Um, Janet. <laughs> and then we Jupiter have... moves into Taurus. And then Jupiter moves into Taurus. Right? Adding, adding to this idea of growing through, you know, how resources. Resources are always a part. You know, when we go to war, often it's about resources. Why do you think Russia invaded Ukraine? If we look at it, there's got to be a resource. Maybe it's fuel. Maybe it's, you know, natural gas. Maybe it's just an access to ports of call. You made me cry. You Aww. evil woman. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not usually the one that does that in this way. <laughs> um, but it, it gives us this idea of, you know, what are we going to speak into existence now? What are we going to create from here? And Jupiter and, uh, expanding and magnifying what we speak into existence right yeah exactly. and, uh, and a more hopeful and optimistic voice typically with jupiter bringing that flavor of optimism to the table um, yeah exactly and giving us the opportunity to cultivate the seeds that we planted with that uh, aries energy just the month previous right so it really begins a one-year process now he spends one year from may yes. 8 uh, may 16th to i think the 25th of next year uh of may uh, in this sign. And that gives us plenty of time to build for our futures, right? To sit down and actually uh, create from a place of consciousness, yeah, not just unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really a fascinating year. So wherever Taurus is in your chart, it's still going to be activated by this, in this case, Uranus there, also Jupiter. Now, Jupiter and Uranus do not conjunct this year. They don't come into the conjunction until next year, but that's a big boom of a day. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I do have that highlighted for 2024 Energy Almanac. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I want people to watch out for, and this is the bigger picture, not just, you know, in your own personal life, but the bigger picture, look out for new sources of, of fuel, new sources, uh, new resources, you mm -hmm. know, that are available. Um, the transition away, perhaps, from fossil fuels into, you know, wind or water or, um, God help us, they're close to nuclear fusion. <laughs> that could be a whole new clean source of energy. But there's this shift that's occurring in all things to do with the earth herself, yes. how we grow food. Um, Ooh, right. You know, all, all the, all of the earthy things that we can think of. So, what's in the ground, what we grow in the ground, as far as foods, or what we take up out of the ground, all being Amazing. highlighted for yep. a longer period of time. A long period. Mm -hmm. and how we feed one another, even in that. How do we, how do we supply the food around the world, and all of that. So, that's just Janet. a bigger picture. And now we got to jump into the new moon at 28 degrees. Taurus, more Taurus. Yeah, I actually drew up the chart for the new moon too. And uh, I was looking at, you know, the new moon is happening and causes that whole stellium to light up, right? So at that point, we have Jupiter at zero degrees of Taurus. And then this, the new moon is occurring at like 28 degrees something or another of Taurus. So it's, you know, toward the other end. In between, we have the North Node, we have Mercury, we have Uranus. So that house, wherever it is in your chart, highly activated, right? Highly activated with the lowly South Node <laughs> holding, 
holding sort of the opposition point. It's not quite an opposition. It's more like a, uh, well, yeah, it's an opposition. Let's call it that. So the past biting us in the rear end if we don't move forward with the new mm. moon. Ooh, it's, don't be bit on the bottom. Don't be bit on the bottom. Move, right? Change, morph in a conscious way. Don't what we what we don't like as humans is when change is thrust upon us. And right. this is this is looking like change thrust upon us because we haven't had the will or the energy or the what will. I think it's all about will to do it, to make mm. the changes. So mm. be conscious about well what it what part of me is still reluctantly holding on to the past. It's the south node that's at the very end, well, the very beginning, but the end of its transit through Scorpio. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, the excess baggage. Let's dump it, right? Let's go on. Now, the uh, other planets that are involved is a sextile from the new moon and um, uh, to Neptune and also to Mars. They're both sextiles. Um, in Mars, okay. 30, 60. Yeah, because Mars will be at 29 degrees of Cancer, Neptune at 27 degrees of Pisces. Okay. So close enough to 28 degrees, right? One's on one side, one's on the other. Yet we need to pay attention. So we're needing to pay attention to where Mars is, is showing us in Cancer. Venus will still be in Cancer mm -hmm. at that point in time, showing us, you know, where have we been too protective? Where are we being too defensive? Where are we still building walls? Remember when we had the discussion about Saturn moving into Pisces and it was about bringing down walls mm -hmm. and the biggest walls were fear, mm. right? Mars at 29 degrees may still be trying to protect itself from something, Ah, right? Some kind of enemy. What have we sure. made an enemy? Mm. Um, and Cancer, you know, being emotional, you know, does all it can to try to guard itself right from that. Right. So we'll be dealing with that. And then Neptune at the end of Pisces, Neptune rules Pisces. So mm -hmm. taking the higher road, looking at it from the higher spiritual standpoint or point of view. Mm. It's full of potential. I kind of really like this new moon. Um, I do it too. Seems, it seems very much pointing us in a direction. Yes. Um, I agree with you. And I, uh, we named it uh, planning your path for this ah. moon and, you know, uh, Taurus being loving order, right. Uh, and being practical, I think can add to your strategy for working with this moon energy. Yeah. In my opinion. And because now there's so much going on in Taurus, it is yes, really so much. us needing to disrupt our comfort zones, yes. <laughs> pushing us almost if we yeah. don't do it on our own to yeah. move in a new direction. So, um, or to release something that isn't wow. serving. It's a big releasing sort of time, but it really is movement that we're having to, to keep up with. Uh, I just realized too, that that day, uh, that Mercury and Saturn will be in a sextile. Now, Mercury and Saturn work well together. I like those two together because they help us focus and they help our minds to see things in a more planned or deliberate way. Uh, so that's also a part of this new moon, being able to see maybe clearly uh, the focus that you need to have in order to make those changes in your life. Hence, planning your path under this new moon. <laughs> Now you know where you got that one, right? Yes. Um, and then let's see, is there anything? So Jupiter, Jupiter is at zero degrees of Taurus and Pluto is at zero degrees of Aquarius. So we have a, oh. um, we have a trine, is that a trine? That would be 30, 60, 90. We have a square, Jupiter, Pluto square. Now that's going to represent the challenges from the bigger point of view that we have in embracing a future, mm. right? Uh, you know, if you listen to, to politics right now, and I, I, <laughs> I just want to cross my eyes, but there's a lot of people trying to drag us back to the past mm -hmm. or to 
hold us to something or to chain us up. They, you know, they speak about, oh, freeing us from government, let's say. But what they really want to do is put the power in their own hands in an authoritarian way yes. to make decisions yes. for us. And that really bothers me because that's dragging us out of democracy mm -hmm. more toward that author authoritarianism. Right. But we also are sitting here with these two planets in a square taking us, you know, pushing us into a future. I don't know how it is we actually change that dialogue around this subject in our in our world. And I'll be really interested to see how what what starts to happen. I, I think it's going to boil down to Pluto and Aquarius. I think mm -hmm. the rising of the people in general are what's going to help. I don't like the word overthrow the government, but tame the government, tame and tamp our government who has taken so much power from the people. That's it's so it's so freaking fascinating. I, mean, I just I, I sit back so sometimes and I'm just watching this. And then you, you watch uprisings in other countries in the yes. Sudan right now. And, Ooh, you know, it's so it's not mess. just the U.S. I can only focus no, on U.S. It's everywhere because I it's live here everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know. Yes. Usually, you know, those are precursors to war. Yeah, they can be. For yeah. sure. So, so again, it, does it rest on our shoulders as individuals to co-create the world we want to live in by focusing on what it is that we desire, not on the rhetoric and not on the uh, confrontation and conflict that's going on? We want to act on peace. Like what Absolutely. Brings us peace? And let me, let me quantify what I said about Pluto and Aquarius. This isn't mm -hmm. about uprising, like what's going on in Sudan or Venezuela or Paris recently. This mm. is more about groups of people coming together to agree to peacefully step into positions of government that need, so that new ideas can arise, futuristic ideas that are humanitarian in nature, rather than serving just a certain population. Right. Yes, yes. That's what I mean. Like coming together in peace to like, hey, like, let's all go run for government. Let's go take a position on the school board. Let's go be come the mayor. Let's go be state senator. That's how I see it. I'm not talking about coming to arms and saying we're going to overthrow our government. Not at all. I don't believe in that. I'm a, right. I'm a, right. Right. We don't need I'm another a, insurrection kind of thing I'm a tree no. hugger. like yeah we all can we can all do this in a way that works in a and we all survive it very well <laughs> <laughs> we, we move through this time period but it's tricky because we have to be able to take responsibility Absolutely. for it in some ways and that you know your vote counts Yes. Your money counts. What are yes. you buying and spending your money on? Your voice counts. What are you saying? What are you speaking to? How are you sharing of yourself? So big themes, big, big themes. I mean, it's kind of great to be alive right now because so much of this is teetering on an edge, right? Yeah. Do we go down or do we go up, right? And right. I think it all, for the first time in human history, it's really up to us as the people. Right. Where do we I, go from I here? I agree with that 100%. I really, yeah. really do. And then we have Mars moving into Leo, a fire sign, yeah. a sign of self-expression, a sign yeah. of the heart. Um, Mars, Mars can sometimes take on that militaristic yep. kind of feel. Um, I, I'm not sure what to think about that one. We'll see how that plays out because also Venus will move into Leo afterwards right mm -hmm. in the next month wouldn't you agree that it's probably a time of passionate expression yes there passionate is that expression and if that's if we can keep it there let's passionately express our point of view without going mil militaristic like right <laughs> can we can we passionately express our point of view and let the other person respond rather than react like let's practice what we learned with yeah you know some of the recent transits we've been dealing with about becoming responsive not reactive right that's always a big deal yeah um, and it is one of the biggest lessons that we have in uh as being humans right being mm -hmm. able to respond as we incorporate more from a human design perspective of the emotional solar plexus um, dealing with emotions in the correct way, which mm -hmm. isn't to be reactive, right? To not to not react to those feelings, but to respond. And responding means you have to take some time 
You have to mm-hmm. breathe even mm-hmm. um, before you stab out at somebody or, you know, right. bite them with your words kind of thing. Um, and as well, the emotions are about aligning us with what's true and correct for us. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your emotions tell you when you're aligned with your heart and when you're not. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, that's always interesting to see happening. Um, the sun then moves into Gemini. It's that time of year where, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a flurry of activity, mm-hmm. a lot of potential for conversations and, and uh, learning things, also teaching things, but also communication and transportation are also a part of this. So we'll see a lot of people, you know, moving around that day. The sun is trining Pluto and also sextiling Mars. I find it to be a very positive day Mm -hmm. and interesting that the sun moves into Gemini at nine minutes after midnight. This is uh, West coast time. And then the moon is also in Gemini at that time. So we have Mm -hmm. sun and moon in the same sign um, you know, kind of. That's interesting. I have a friend testing on that day for a big, big exam so that she can get a certification that I would think that would be beneficial for her. Very beneficial. Talk about, um, the transit of Mars square Jupiter from the 20th through the 25th. That's Mm -hmm. a long transit. And I'm curious of your take on that one in particular. Well, Remember, Jupiter's got optimism and it is all growth oriented. And Mars is also wanting to take action. Right. So what I can see happening in the square is getting frustrated because of actions that we want to take that maybe we're trying to push Mm. ourselves into rather than just holding and seeing, you know, going with the flow. Um. This is definitely a time where we're going to need to go with the flow and not bump up against the things that we perceive that are stopping us. Now, a square can really generate good energy, right? We think of squares as challenging, but they challenge us to move. To to move, right. Yeah. So uh, I think of it as possibly a day where, where a lot is possible, including conflict and confrontation, but also, you know, the inspiration and the energy to take the next step. It's a six day transit. It's a week almost of that transit. Um, I like your take on that. That's really good. It's really interesting. One of the mantras for May that is inside the energy almanac, when I am in flow, everyone benefits. Well, that's a good one right there. And when I'm, so when I'm in flow kind of means that I'm not forcing Right. I'm not pushing. Right. Right. If I come up against an obstacle, I wait to see what what's opening up. Am I going to go around? Am I going to go over? Am I going to go under? Am I just going to wait? Flow, right? Flow. That's, that's a, a big deal for all of us. And then there's really this blank slate of, you know, those next few days after the exact part of that uh, transit where we can kind of integrate all of the things that are happening. I mean, certainly the moon has transits and so forth, but not any big ones until the 26th when we then have Venus in a sextile to Uranus, which to me is all about inspiration in our relationships, right? Uh, Maybe meeting someone who really has an impact on your life in some big way. Uh, I love Venus when it comes into positive connections with uh, Uranus. But here's the other thing. Jupiter that day changes gates in human design into the 27. Now, the 27, for those of you who don't know, is really about nurturing. So we move into an area that the sun has been in, that uh, Mercury went through and that Uranus went through way back when, um, that talks about being accountable for the condition that you find yourself in. And then letting other people be accountable for the positions that they're in, the things that they've created. But you can nurture, but you can't make people do what you want them to do. Mm. And the only one that you can really be responsible for is your own self. Mm. But it also implies self-nurturing, taking care of yourself first. Because if you don't have enough, 
if you are not filled in your cup, you cannot share with other people to the extent that you could possibly do if you had filled your cup first. You cannot pour from an empty cup. There you have it, right? You might get a little dropout, but if you had filled it first, then you would have sustainable pouring. Sustainable pouring. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So the gate 27 often really relates to how we nurture and how do we, it, it has a teaching energy sort of with it too, where we're teaching people around the value, their own value and the value in taking responsibility for themselves. Mm. And, you know, the corollary to that might be about releasing victim energy, being mm. the victim, right? Yeah. Always thinking, you know, that uh, somehow you don't have enough or you aren't enough or you can't get enough. Uh, being enough, having enough is a self-nourishing activity. Yeah, You have to find it yourself. And then if you're trying to smother mother others, that's going to not fly very well, right? Then people don't want to participate. They're going to do the opposite. They're going to be contrarians mm -hmm. instead of working uh, through what they need to do. And Jupiter will be at 27 for a few weeks before he changes to another gate. So I, I like to think of the gates as fractals almost, right? So if you think of Taurus experiences, in this case, we're going to use Taurus, but any sign would work, that every time a planet moving through a sign changes a gate, it enters into the next fractal of that sign, okay, uh, of that energy. So when we think of Taurus, and we're thinking about resources and self-worth and values and, and, and how we uh, earn money, perhaps, or how we set ourselves up financially, then there are these different fractals of that bigger picture that that the uh, planets move through mm -hmm. on a given day, on a given month. So the fractal Jupiter will be helping us with is how to nurture ourselves mm -hmm. first before mm. we try to give it all away to other people. Lovely. I could use a little of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. And how do we end the month? How do we end the month? Uh, well, we end on the 31st with the end, the retro shade ends um the 27th through the 29th i made a note about the sun square saturn yeah sun square saturn on the 28th that's pentecost as well <laughs> i don't know why that's on my astrological calendar but okay um so saturn and the sun now sometimes saturn has a way of dampening the sun's light um focusing it, as it were, in a specific direction. So there, we're kind of challenged, I think, anyway, at this point in time. Uh, remember, the sun will be in Gemini, Saturn's in Pisces, so they are naturally at odds with one another. Jupiter, I mean, uh, uh, the sun in Gemini, you know, very quick, very uh, oh, yes. mind-oriented yeah. and, yes. and let's move ahead, scattered even in its focus. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that Saturn has an impact on the sun by helping it focus better? Right. Giving it a little added discipline or structure to its thinking. Yeah. I, I look at, I mean, I don't see that one as a bad, hard transit at all. I, I think it's beneficial for um, gaining some focus, getting, being able to uh, bring structure to whatever you're working on. I think it's, for me, it's a, a day I would highlight. Or, yeah, or transit I would too. I would highlight. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the the moon is in Virgo that day, so we have oh, even you know, extra. Whoa. Yeah, so we have some <laughs> we have some more planning energy. I think what what happens sometimes when you have the sun in Gemini is there's so many ideas and so many possibilities, yes. and you know it's like the world is my oyster and I can just do anything. But Saturn added here says, okay, but you can't do anything and everything. You have to focus yep. on what's most important. Yep. So. The only thing about Saturn here is that he's in Pisces and it's hard to focus with Pisces energy. It's creative, it's imaginative, but it has to be grounded. So maybe we need to ground the energy of the sun. Virgo moon, tap in. Tap in, <laughs> tap in. And then you're right, we end the month of May with uh, Mercury exiting the, uh, the degrees that he was in retrograde and we're clear of that retrograde. And uh, we can move forward, you know, with uh, confidence. <laughs> 
that um, we won't have as many upsets, perhaps. <laughs> right. Really quickly, I would like to offer the resources for the month based on the almanac. Uh, Rose Quartz for self-love and compassion. Blue Lace Agate, which I got to be honest, I don't remember what that's for. Um, the two essential oils for the month of May are Yarrow mm. and Echinacea. And the, sorry, and cedarwood is the oil. Yarrow is the plant and echinacea is the plant for the month of May. That's what it was. Essential okay. oil is cedarwood. So um, lots of good resources in the almanac this month. I am excited I about May. I am excited. I am kind of too, because it feels like finally uh, stepping into building energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We have the ideas, we've had the inspiration, we've had the seeds planted, but now it's time to build it. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Awesome. I suppose we could say. Yeah. Blue lace agate, by the way, if I remember correctly, is supportive to the back. Oh. So it feels like it's supportive to structure nice. and form. And uh, I don't know, it probably has other, it's blue. So maybe the throat. 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 Yep. Yep. Throat energy. That's a good one for Taurus, right? That's a good one. I could use it. <laughs> all right. Well, Tam, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's been awesome. Thank you to all of our listeners, whether you are on YouTube with Tam or in one of my channels or on Angel Heart Radio. It's been a pleasure sharing all of this information with you. I will see you all on Friday to talk about the weekend. And Tam, what's next for you? Uh, what's next for Tam? That is a great question. Uh, honest, honestly, it's art all day, day, most days right now. I love it. I love it. Cause you're, you're still finishing up the next energy almanac. Uh, it is at the graphic designers. I expect to have the new cover for 2024 to show very soon, maybe even at our next um, oh. podcast oh good we should talk about that too when is that that is going to be june nope it'll be may 31st may 31st i love it That'll yeah be our date. so yeah great all right everybody thanks again so much thank you tam see you all next month bye, bye.